You're listening to the Remax Hustle Podcast, brought to you by Remax of Western Canada. Well, hi there, and welcome to the Remax Hustle Podcast. My name is Wade Patterson. I'm a franchise coordinator with Remax of Western Canada, and I'm your host for this audio experience. The Remax Hustle Podcast is all about providing you with value by leveraging the knowledge and expertise of our Remax network. And on this special episode, I'm joined by Johnny Earl, aka Johnny Cupcakes, an award-winning entrepreneur and brand hysteria expert who founded the world's first t-shirt bakery. Johnny was the keynote speaker at our Activate conference in Banff this past October, and he is known for helping others create blueprints for creating brand loyalty and memorable experiences. He is also a self-proclaimed prankster who has been quoted as saying, I enjoy bringing out the kid in everyone. Not in the sense of getting loads of people pregnant, but, you know, making people feel happy. Johnny, welcome to the Remax Hustle podcast. Thank you for having me. Well, first off, I think a congratulations is in order because as I recall, during our conference, you and your wife received some pretty incredible news regarding adopting twin girls. So I'm curious if you could tell our listeners uh, what that news was that you received. Yeah, uh, it, it was, uh, we, we got news that we, uh, when our court date was and uh, when we had to go out there, and that was, um, you know, a, a very special day for me. So it just happened to coincide with the conference. And yeah, and, and I just had to get back home and, and, and get the show on the road. It was uh, very exciting news. Awesome. Well, congrats once again. And there's Thank so much... You eager to dive into here with you. But let's start with the fact that you started 16 different businesses before you were even 16 years old. What were some of those businesses and what did you learn from those experiences? Yeah, I was always inspired to, uh, to, to spend more time with the people that I love, but also to put puzzles together. Um, so with a lot of businesses that I've started, I wasn't so much about the end result, and it was more so about the process of putting uh, putting together a, a puzzle of a business. So, uh, you know, I started with lemonade stands, like a lot of kids. I, I sold uh, candy in school. I sold pranks in school, like whoopee cushions and stink bombs. Um, I, I was a magician at one point. I sold glow sticks on the beach around 4th of July. I, uh, I, I sold Tupperware. Um, so I, I was always trying new things. And when I was uh, 18, 19 years old, that's when the Johnny Cupcakes uh, brand, so to speak, was born. Well, I mentioned in the bio, you are a prankster. And that is incredibly fitting because you've really built your brand, what is on essentially a prank. So for our listeners who aren't familiar with what the Johnny Cupcakes brand is all about, what exactly are your t-shirt bakeries and how on earth did you come up with that concept? Yeah, so I was working at a record shop called Newberry Comics and I received a tremendous amount of goofy nicknames from my coworkers like Johnny Appleseed, Johnny Come Lately if I was late for work, Johnny Cupcakes. And I was also in a hardcore metal band and while we were getting t-shirts made for the band that I was in, I thought it would be funny to make a few t-shirts as a joke. Uh, to advertise a bakery that didn't exist. And um, I, I made these Johnny Cupcake shirts and I wore them to work. And all of these slightly miserable customers that never made eye contact with me 
uh, started laughing and 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 being curious and saying, "What is that shirt? Where can I get one?" And the word of mouth spread, and complete strangers were asking about these shirts. So I started making more T-shirts and selling them. And anytime I sold twelve, I'd take that money and make twenty-four. Um, so it, it there was a bunch of tough guys that would come into my work with these skull and crossbone shirts on. So I wanted to make a uh, shirt with a cupcake and crossbones, and guys thought it was funny. Um, a lot of people thought it was cute and it caused curiosity. I'd replace the Statue of Liberty's torch with a cupcake and so on and so forth. Um, but that's the, the gist of the t-shirts. It started as a joke, turned into a hobby. And before I knew it, um, I was selling these t-shirts out of the trunk of my car and poking fun at pop culture and replacing pop icons with cupcakes. And as the brand grew, I opened up a few stores and I set my stores up to look and smell like retro bakeries. We would um, hide vanilla scented car fresheners in the heater vents so you would smell frosting when you walked in. Um, we would display the t-shirts and refrigerators. And when you buy a Johnny Cupcakes t-shirt, uh, we package them in pastry boxes so you get a complete experience when you go shopping. Um, almost like Willy Wonka. Um, and through doing that, the, the brand has gained a lot of free press. I've always taken my marketing and advertising budget and taking a fraction of that and put it into building unique experiences um, around the brand. And this could be through through special events, through customer service, through the packaging, the storytelling, the designs. And by doing that, it gets the customers talking about what you do. Absolutely. And I think nowadays, I mean, you've built up this experience and there's probably so many people who now they understand what the storefront is and it's not actually a bakery, but they still want to have that experience. But I'm curious about the early days. So before this was a well-known thing and you had this shop, I mean, was there some serious confusion among customers? Were there any angry conversations you had? Oh yeah, yeah. So when we set, when I set the store up to to look and smell like a bakery, I mean, to this day we get upset people coming in. You know, I just paid for parking. Where are the cupcakes? <laughs> My family's starving. So uh, we have terrible reviews on all those food websites. But I will tell you, the the upset people talk about the brand more than anybody else. They are my uh, number one promoter, and it's um, and it's great. It, it, it's it's. So we have sold real cupcakes on April Fool's Day, um, which has really been a, been a fun thing to see people's reactions. And I've almost toyed around with opening up a shop across the street called Johnny's T-Shirts that sells cupcakes. <laughs> because right now we are giving so much business to other bakeries around us. So yeah, that, that's, uh, that's definitely got people talking. But whether people leave with a t-shirt or not, they always leave with an experience and a story to share. And those upset people are going to say, I went into a bakery that had no food. And someone is going to say, what is that place? I'm going to look it up on my phone or I'm going to stop in there next time I walk by. And sometimes those people might buy a t-shirt themselves. Well, I think it's interesting, this concept of customer experience. First off, why do you think it's so important? But secondly, is it becoming even more important? Or was this something that was always 
really critical for businesses, but it just seems like in today's day and age, people are looking for more and more out of products. So do you think it's increased in importance, customer experience? Yes, I, I do believe that it is increased in importance because there's um, two things. One, there's so many options out there. Uh, there's so many sales agents for homes. There's so many t-shirt brands to choose from. There's so many restaurants, photographers. People have many choices. And the other thing is everybody's attention span is getting shorter and shorter. And we're finding ourselves in a zombie state, flicking through our phones. And it's you got to get someone to stop in their tracks and be curious about what you do to the point that they tell other people. I mean, years back, it used to be about the window displays. Um, and now with everybody walking, looking down at their phone, you know, we want to entice people to look up and go into my shops with the, uh, with sound and, and with a smell and, and with sandwich boards and um, whatever we can do in, in our creative arsenal, it's, it is important more now than ever. And it makes things fun. Uh, it, it really does make work fun when you can be a little bit more creative. Um, anybody can make t-shirts. Anybody can uh, sign up and take some courses and start selling homes, which is scary because you have people that are doing it that might not be the best <laughs> and it gives a bad rap to other people. So... I believe it's important now more than ever to give everyone that that special experience. I mean, if I were selling homes, a uh, few things come to mind. I would I'd bring music with me to play at every single showing because it's kind of awkward when you're going to an open house and you hear footsteps or you hear the floor creaking and it's just so quiet that you feel like you have to whisper. I feel like if there's some music playing, you can almost envision having a party and having family over and building new traditions. I'd have a, a candle burning that smells like warm cookies, so you can imagine hosting people for dinner and dessert. Um, I would have, uh, you know, I wouldn't be so strict. I'd make people sign in, but it wouldn't be the first thing that I do because it can come off a little bit. Um, I don't know. Something about it just comes off a little cold when they're hounding you down to sign in this book, but they barely have said hello to you and asked where you're from. Um, so I, I think you can kind of uh, remix the timing of the conversation and the asks that you have for your clients. Um, and then another big thing is that the follow-up is, is following up with clients and customers you've had in the past. Uh, I know a lot of times we get lost in the, the zone and we want to get new customers and new customers and, and we start to forget that we can reach out to all of the people we've done business with before, even if it was years ago, because all of those people, they have friends, they have families, they have coworkers who all might be looking to buy a new home. And, um, or in my case, they might be looking to buy some gifts or some t-shirts. So um, reach back out to those people, send them a handwritten note instead of uh, an email blast or do both. 
Um, and if you can recall and take notes on some of the conversations that you've had with past customers, um, you can tailor that gifting experience to be uh, even more unique. Uh, so to give you an example, a few years back uh, during the summertime, I secretly took notes on all of my employees' favorite childhood Christmas memories. So by the time Christmas came around, I scoured eBay and bought them their original, you know, favorite childhood toys in the packaging. And when I gave it to those uh, employees of mine, um, some of them almost cried. And it wasn't so much the, the gift, but they realized that I listened. And that's a big thing. And you could do this with customers too. I, there was a time where I took two weeks off from work to work and I wrote handwritten notes to all of my top spending customers and the customers who've been with me the longest. And then I threw in a few people that I haven't heard from in a long time. And I didn't just say thank you and sign my name. I said, oh my God, you're from New York, Long Island, New York. That's where my wife's from. And that's where we got married. And did you know that um, if you take the train at night, you might slip on puke because people really <laughs> love to party. And um, but they have the best delis and bakeries in the world, and some of the best rappers are from there, like Rakim and and Busta Rhymes. And uh, anyhow, thank you so much for your business. My family and I appreciate it. Love Johnny. And I'll put that in a fluorescent envelope with a Batman postage stamp and a Johnny Cupcakes wax seal on the back of it. And it makes people feel special. I'll even add in a prefix or a suffix. So if I'm sending these out around Halloween, um, I might say uh, Wade Patterson, the Vampire Slayer, or, or the ghost-busting Wade Patterson, and then your address below. Um, but those little things just make people chuckle. It gives them a reason to post on social media, which gives you free advertising and marketing. And at the end of the day, it's just a nice thing to do. If you want customer loyalty, you must be loyal to your customers. That was an amazing answer. I mean, so much value packed into there. So many good ideas. I appreciate as well you kind of transitioning those examples specifically to real estate. And, and you touched on this a little bit, but you mentioned in your shops, things like the packaging is really important. So t-shirts coming in pastry boxes. I'm wondering if there's anything top of mind that comes as an idea for real estate. I mean, you mentioned there the way you would deliver a letter and how to make that unique. But, you know, is there something there in the real estate industry you can think of, of how, you know, maybe it's a, a gift for a client or something like that and how that could be packaged uniquely? Yeah. I, I mean, the number one thing I would say is business cards. The, the amount of business cards that I've received with outdated, severely outdated <laughs> head, headshots. You know, I'm seeing, you know, perms from the late 90s, uh, early 90s. Uh, I, I think number one thing is people need to get updated headshots and they have to update their LinkedIn page. Um, they should use LinkedIn more frequently and collect recommendations from past clients and customers and anyone they've done business with because other people's uh, good word is uh, gold. Um, a, a client would rather, a potential client would rather trust someone else before they trust what you have to say about yourself. So collecting those LinkedIn recommendations, the testimonials, um, 
updating your headshot on LinkedIn and on your uh, company's website and on your business card. And if you don't have control over your business cards, you know, there's some things that you can do is, you know, maybe you can get some of your own stationery. Maybe you could buy some unique gift wrap. Um, Maybe these are things that your company is not going to pay for, but you see the investment because it it could make or break somebody talking about you as an agent and potentially buying a home through you for somebody else. So I don't know, go to go to on a nice little shopping spree. You don't have to spend too much money, but find some unique items from different boutiques, find some unique items on Amazon, on eBay, on Etsy, uh, which is great because you can support a lot of local local um, creators. And and just get creative. Uh, t- turn your computer off for a couple hours and and write those handwritten notes. And and then moving forward, anytime you have a conversation with a colleague or a customer or a potential customer, take notes on little things. Do they have a family? Do they have a dog? Um, where are they where are they from originally? Oh, are, are they originally from Toronto? Okay, then maybe. Um, around the holidays, you send them a Raptors jersey, and and that that little memory, you know, you just spent fifty dollars, and you're able to to now get them even more pumped and excited, and you're not sending them something super generic. Maybe you could get a jersey made and put their last name on the back of the jersey instead of a basketball player's uh, name. Um, maybe you find out what their first concert was. I think that's always a funny icebreaker question to ask people. And usually it's something a little embarrassing, but, (laughs) um, but you can go ahead and and buy, you know, some Backstreet Boy trading cards, or you could buy, you know, an old cassette tape or a vinyl record to, to send out and it will get people stopped in their tracks. It'll give them a reason to post about you on social media and It'll make them genuinely want to follow up with you. But if you're copy and pasting the same exact email and sending it out to everybody, um, people are going to catch on to that and you're eventually going to be in their spam box and it's, and it's going to be tough. I mean, you do want to have your newsletters and your email blasts, but uh, as far as personalized reach out, um, there's other ways to do it to make that human element uh, even more important. I, I really believe that it's all about H to H, human to human, um, instead of B to B or B to C. It's it should be H to H. Remind people that you're a human too. Um, you should have your story on your website, uh, a little funny bio. Share what your first concert was. Share some of your childhood embarrassing photos. Um, maybe around the holidays, you send out a recipe book or, or a recipe card with a few things that, uh, traditions that your family likes to make, you know, it, it doesn't take much to, to personalize something to the extent that, uh, your potential client is going to be thrilled. Interested in learning more about a career in real estate, head over to joinremax.ca. So many good ideas there. Other than what your brand has done as a consumer, what is the one of the best customer experiences you've ever personally had? I mean, I, I always go back to my childhood and punching my, my bony arm through a box of cereal and, and trying <laughs> to pull a prize out from the bottom. And it's sad because nowadays you have to 
type in a 20 case sensitive digit online and, and the, the serial companies are making money off advertising to you on their websites. And it, it just completely depletes the experience of um, childlike wonderment. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I like the funny facts underneath. Do you guys have Snapple in Canada? We do. Yeah. Underneath the Snapple caps. I mean, that's just a, a nice little moment of um, surprise, an element of surprise. Prizes inside of Cracker Jack boxes. Um, but specific brands. I mean, I love the packaging that the, the Apple Store does. It, it makes you not want to throw away your laptop or your phone um, packaging because it opens in 13 different weird ways and there's a, a beautiful gloss to it. it. You know, like, this is great. I can't throw this away. And then you keep it. And then it almost acts as a miniature billboard for other people when they go over to your office. I want to go back to something you said earlier in the conversation, and that was talking about actual handwritten messages and the power behind those. Why do you think that makes a difference as opposed to, you know, something that's texted or emailed or, or through that medium? Why does the actual handwritten message carry a bigger importance? Because it, it shows you, you took time. You did not take the easy way out. And it makes that person feel like they at least owe you a response. If you send them an email, there's a chance they may never see it. There's a chance it might get filtered, auto-filtered into to spam or, or into um, the promotions tab that Gmail launched a few years ago, which has really hurt a lot of uh, marketers. You know, if, if I got something in the mail with a, some fun vintage postage stamps and a a wax seal and a handwritten card and maybe uh, maybe a vintage trading card, it would make me feel delighted. And even if I was going to throw it in the trash, I would still be looking at it longer than I would an email that may have been auto-filtered that I would never have seen. Um, so I, I'm a firm believer of the, the tangible items I I've, I mean, I still buy records. I still, I, I love the smell of a record store. I, I might be a different type of person or be a little bit too obsessive with these things, but, but on the consumer end and, and on the, the being a business owner, I, I, I think it, it, it works great. I think it's very important. One of the most powerful things you shared during your talk was a quote that said, Failures are just experiments. Experimenting is how we grow. Why do you think so many people are hesitant to take on experiments when it comes to their business? And another thing I'd add to that is, do you have an example of an experiment that was maybe a failure and then an example of something you thought was going to be a failure and maybe was a success? Yeah, I, I, uh, I think a lot of people um, kind of put a glass ceiling on their growth, on their personal growth, because they they don't want to be embarrassed. They don't want to fail. They, they don't want their friends or family to look down on them. They really psych themselves out on trying new things. Um, some people just stick with the norm and, and, and they don't innovate as much as they could. Um, but once you look at failures as experiments and realizing that experimenting is how you grow, 
Um, you could start to find value in anything, anytime that you screw up. I, I mess up every single day. I do do something wrong. It might be big, it might be small, but you start to learn to laugh at it. And I think the best thing that entrepreneurship has taught me is the ability to adapt and to roll with the punches and to approach problems with solutions instead of panic. And if you can teach your team to approach problems with solutions instead of panic, they almost start to think in an entrepreneurial mindset. And you don't have to have an independent business to be an entrepreneur. You can be an intrapreneur, which is an entrepreneur in another organization. Um, and, and it gives you a little bit more uh, breathing room to have a personal life and to punch out at a certain hour. But, but I, I mean, some mistakes that I've made, I mean, I, I'd say a big one is I definitely had way too many employees that I didn't need. And I, I would, I hired a lot of friends and, um, and I would promote people from within, I would make up jobs that didn't exist just to, just because I didn't have the heart to let people go. And before I knew it, my cost kept going up and going up. And, and I was never, I was never asking these tough questions um, to my employees. I was never holding them accountable. I was never setting expectations. Um, you know, it wasn't until I got married to an auditor uh, and until my wife asked me the, the really tough questions and and she has helped me put that business hat on um you know i'm i'm a creative at heart and i think that's what's uh, hurt me a lot i mean there's been some years where i've made millions of dollars but it's cost me millions of dollars to make millions of dollars so my profit margin was not really there for some of those years but I eventually had to let go uh, seven people in my office of 12 and it was, it was very emotional. It was very difficult and it was a decision that I put off for years because I did not have the heart to do it. Um, but we got to a point where I almost didn't have a business and I had to, I had to do this. I had to let some people go. Um, but once I made that decision, we began being more productive than we had ever been. Um, and within, within 24 hours, we started getting more done than, than we've ever got done. Um, you know, we used to release shirts a couple times a month. We now release new t-shirt designs uh, twice a week, uh, sometimes more than that. And we had a lot of meetings that went nowhere in the past, and we're just, we're just a bit more sharp. And sometimes we have to remind ourselves that it's not rocket science. We are just selling t-shirts. Um, obviously, it's more than that. I like to say we, we sell memories and the merchandise is the byproduct of everything that we sell. But our, our main thing that we sell is, is making customers feel good. So we try to create memories. Um, but that was a big, big uh, learning lesson. You know, there's been times where I could have probably definitely built out my stores um, with not spending as much money. And um, at the time, I, I just, I had to build the destination spots. So I worked with a company that builds a lot of Jeff Koons balloon animal sculptures, and they build stuff for, you know, Disney and Warner Brothers. Anything that's giant and weird, this is what this company does. And I had them outfit my shop and I 
exceeded my budget. I gambled my house to get money from the bank because I didn't want to get any investors, but I had to get these ovens made that open and close and shoot steam out at different times. And I had a giant oven created that that was a secret entrance to the shop. So you had to walk through it to get inside of the store. Um, And I'm glad I did those things. Although I did exceed my budget and I did scare many people in my life, uh, (laughs) it turned the store into a destination spot and we've received millions and millions of dollars worth of free press, free publicity. There's been music videos filmed in the store. It's been um, on, on several television shows. It's been on the news. You can find a learning lesson through any failures, most failures, and um, you just have to pick it up and proceed and, and proceed with caution and excitement, but don't let the fear of, of messing up stop you from trying something new and, and innovating. Um, I, I think most companies should give out awards for people who tried something new, even if it didn't work out, because the worst thing you could have is a, is a team of employees that, that just stick to the status quo and stay quiet and don't try anything new. Um, Where's the fun in that? Where's the innovation in that? Well, it's refreshing to hear you give such an honest answer about that. And one thing I'm curious is if you had the opposite problem early on. So you talked about you got to a point where you had too many employees and then realizing you had to scale down. But because what you do is such a creative thing and you invented this Johnny Cupcakes brand and the artwork, was it difficult at the beginning allowing other people into that circle where I'm guessing you were the one creating everything in the early days? Was it tough to, to hand over some of that responsibility to others? Yeah, it's, it's definitely hard to let go. I mean, you, your work becomes your, your baby and you, you don't want... I mean, nobody's ever going to look at your business and, and work as hard as you do. Um, but you have to learn to let go. You have to learn to ask for help or else you're going to keep treading water and you're not going to be able to grow as efficient and, and work's going to stop becoming fun and it's going to feel suffocating and, and it's, uh, you just have to ask for help or you have to, um, tell yourself that, Hey, you know what? I am okay with selling this many shirts each year. I don't need to sell a bazillion t-shirts and be in every store around the world or sell to every customer around the world. And you could do this with homes too. I mean, maybe, maybe you're happy and you value your free time and your physical and mental health. And, and you just want to stick to selling X amount of homes a year. That's okay. If you want to do that, maybe they can be luxury homes or maybe they can be um, you know, a, a certain type of design or in a certain neighborhood, but you can set those parameters um, for yourself. So for me, yeah, I, I had to ask for help. Um, I needed help with the bookkeeping. I needed help with design, with, with shipping, with customer service. Um, and eventually, slowly by surely, I did that. And there were times where I got burnt or where people stole from me. And, and those were difficult, emotional times. But you can't let that stop you from um, from moving forward, and it definitely helps when you go to um, networking events, um, such as the event that I spoke at for Remax, um, and learn from other people because everybody's making mistakes and everybody's trying new things. And when you can even grab coffee with somebody on LinkedIn 
and meet them in real life and just share some of your war stories. It, it's very therapeutic and it helps you, uh, it helps you move forward. Awesome. Well, there's been a ton of value in this episode, Johnny. We really appreciate it. But the last question, since it's the Remax Hustle podcast, we like to end every episode with a hustle tip. So essentially, what is your Remax Hustle tip for accomplishing a task when you need to get something done? Oh, well, right now, you know, I think it's changing because I, I am just so excited to be a dad that um, it's like all, all of a sudden nothing else matters. I just don't. Um, of course, I still need to hustle, but I, you know, family is first. But I'd say when I, when I hustle, I, I think some of my tips are having chewable chores that you can do, tasks that are not too overwhelming. You could have your, your giant long-term ideas, but you can also have things that you can get done um, every few hours or a couple times a day, and that way you feel like you, you did something. For me, I, I, I probably get the most done when I'm not on my phone, when I'm not on my computer. I collect vintage typewriters, and I, there's nothing better than going to a park or a coffee shop and just letting the ideas pour onto paper and not being distracted by anything else. Um, and, and right now I'm trying to replace my screen time on my phone with uh, more books and more writing. And, uh, and yeah, I, I, I would say that it's, 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 um, it's been helping me a lot. That's awesome. A favorite book? What are you, what are you reading right now? Ooh, I'm reading Stephen King's On Writing. Um, it's a book on writing and, and uh, I've read it twice already, but I love it so much that I'm reading it again and I'm working on my own book right now. Uh, and I'm debating on starting my own publishing company. I feel like if I write a book on entrepreneurship um, to get signed to a traditional publisher is um, not very Johnny Cupcakes-like. So I am uh, debating on starting my own publishing company. So uh, we'll see. We'll see where the future months bring us. Awesome. Well, congrats on everything. Congrats on you know, the process of becoming a dad and for all the success you've had. And thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to sit down and chat with us today. Yeah, no problem. And, and if anyone needs to reach me, uh, you can reach me at Johnny Cupcakes on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube. And uh, if you ever need a creative consultant or somebody to speak at an event, feel free to reach out. And, uh, and best of luck with all of your new creative ideas and keep tuning into this podcast because you can learn a lot from other people. Thank you so much, Wade. Good stuff. And that's all for this episode. We hope you took away an idea or strategy to help grow your business and perhaps most importantly, allow you to continue that Remax hustle. We'll catch you next time. Thanks so much for listening to the Remax Hustle Podcast. Please make sure to subscribe and rate this show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts from. 